Well, as I said uh, last week, this series is going to be a practical, down-to-earth, hands-on approach to living a life of faith. I do not want to make this some theological, highfalutin, ethereal, you know, theological study on faith. I want it to be applicable to our lives. And I want it to be down to earth in such a way that we can wrap our minds around it and actually start to live it out rather than just think about it and theorize about it. Because here's the deal, guys. Faith is meant to be lived out, not just talked about. And so let's figure out how to live it out. Amen? Now, today, the topic we're going to be discussing is hearing from God. Okay, I, I believe that this is going to be, uh, the reason I'm starting with it is because I think it's going to be one of the most important things moving forward into this life of faith. Everything we talk about from here on out is going to be somehow directly linked to hearing from God. Okay, Listening to the voice of God. And I realize that this is somewhat of a, a controversial or touchy subject. Uh, many people have opposite views on it, views that are completely on different ends of the spectrum. One, one end of the spectrum, primarily the, the conservative side, will tell, tell us that God really doesn't speak to us anymore. We have the Bible in our hands, and the Bible has everything in it that we would need to know so God no longer has to speak to mankind anymore. They believe kind of that God is silent. The other end of the spectrum, however, the more liberal end, loosely throws around everything that comes to their mind and says, God spoke to them about this, God spoke to them about that. Everything is God saying something to them. And those are are the two spectrums we have when it comes to hearing from God. And the reality is, each end of the spectrum has its problems. The conservative end of the spectrum Often, rather than seeking God, for God's wisdom on a certain matter, uh, uh, what they will typically do is they'll ask all their friends, they'll ask all their you know, brothers and sisters, and they'll say, what should I do about this? And then they move out on what they think is best without ever consulting God. Because obviously, God doesn't talk anymore. Now, ironically, they will pray about it, but it really boils down to what they think they think should, should be done. And they don't really hear from God about it. And what's interesting about the conservative side of the spectrum is that they'll tell you that everything we need to know is found in the Bible. All right, Everything you need to know is found in the Bible. But let's be honest, that's simply not true. Whether you like it or not, the Bible doesn't tell you who you should marry. The Bible doesn't tell you which job to take, this one or that one. It doesn't tell you where you should move to. The Bible is silent on those matters. So, so for these types of people, they just make the best decision they, they can, the wisest one, and they move in that direction. And I'll have to say that that was, that was me most of my life. That, that's how I lived. Now, the liberal side, they'll pray about it too, but more often than not, rather than really hearing from God, they'll basically do what they want to do, and then they'll tell you God told me to do it. I I remember when we were hiring for the worship pastor position, we were, you know, looking, we were replacing Paul Hannon, and we had a bunch of people that were applying for the position. I remember this guy came up to me and says, Luke, we were in a a little personal meeting, he goes, Luke, Hey, just to let you know, God told me 
that I'm supposed to be the worship pastor. Like, what do you say to that? You're like, oh, well, he hasn't told me yet, you know, and I kind of need to hear that. But this person was convinced because he really wanted the position. He was convinced God told him that he was supposed to do it. And it's really tough to talk to those people or to discuss with those people because they say they're hearing from God. Well, how do you argue with that? Now, it's my opinion that both of these extremes are wrong. That somewhere in the middle of those two is the place where we need to be in hearing from God. And so let me just say this right away. I'm going I'm to get this off, off the, you know, the stage right now. The truth is, we do need to hear from God. We do. We have to. And, and I know that even as I say that, there's some people who are shifting around in their seat because this makes them feel real uncomfortable because the idea of hearing from an unseen God seems downright crazy. It just seems nuts. I mean, to, to admit that we've heard from God and tell somebody about it, they're going to think we're nuts. But you know what's so goofy about that kind of thinking is that the same people who think, oh man, that's so weird to hear from God, you don't think it's weird to talk to God. You ever thought about that? Look, look at this little saying here by Liz Tomlin. Why is it that when we speak to God, we're said to be praying? But when we hear from Him, we're said to be schizophrenic. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Guys, here's the deal. To say we believe in an unseen God who wants us to follow Him, who wants us to obey Him, and who wants us to live for Him, and yet not be able to hear from Him is downright ludicrous. I mean, think about it. If you believe in God, and if you believe that He exists, and if you believe that He's at work all around you, then to think that He doesn't or that He won't speak to us is as crazy as believing that you can drive a car without ever having to put gas in it. You can't do it. Guys, if we intend on believing in our unseen God and working along with Him in our everyday lives, there's no way around the fact that we need to hear from Him. If we want to walk step by step with God, then we need to hear Him speak to us so that we can follow Him. Amen? Now, I hope not. I really hope not. But there may be some people in the room right now who've just checked out of the sermon. You're thinking to yourselves, oh brother, we're really getting into some crazy stuff right now. And if that's how you feel, I'm really sorry if you feel that way because the reality is, and I want you to hear this statement here, There's nothing crazy about an interactive, conversational relationship with God. In fact, that's the only kind of relationship we should have with God. And if I could say this even further, it's what we were created for. And if we're not experiencing it, we're missing out on something essential to our very own life. Also, very quickly, I want to address something very important that I think every one of us should be aware of. All throughout the Bible, the biblical characters, they hear from God. I mean, God speaks to them. We read about it. And no one in this room denies that. We all go, yeah, that's true. They did. And for some reason, we don't have a problem with that. But for some reason, when it comes to us, we automatically think, well, God won't speak to me like He did to them. There's just no way. For instance, think about Elijah. Elijah was one of the greatest, most awesome, you know, Old Testament men 
you know, ever. He was this, this prophet. He was an incredible guy. And, 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 uh, and he had a relationship with God that was just outstanding. God spoke to him. He, he spoke to God, and it was awesome. And we could read those stories, and we'd go, man, it sure would be nice to be like Elijah. He was so blessed to be able to have a relationship with God like that. It sure would be nice to be like Elijah. Well, guess what? Look at what the book of James says. Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah was a man just like Randy, just like Dave. Elijah was a man just like Horst. Now, you women, you can, you can put your name in there. Elijah was a human being just like you. Do you believe that? Because the chances are, you don't. But the truth is, all the biblical characters were just like you and me. They struggled in life. They grew weary. They had physical restrictions. And yet over and over, we see that they experienced God in very powerful ways. He spoke to them. They spoke to Him. Now here's the deal. You need to, hear, you need to see this. God has not changed. God is the same as He was yesterday, as He is today, and as He will be tomorrow. He will not change. And you know what? He desires the same relationship with you as He did with Elijah, and as He did with Moses, and as He did with David, and as He did with Paul. You need to believe that. God desires to have a conversational relationship with you. And you know what, guys? That just makes plain, everyday sense. Every decent relationship is a conversational relationship. I mean, think about it. Why in the world, why in the world would God only want to hear from you? What if my relationship with God was like that? Or my relationship with my wife was like that? Where I did all the talking. She didn't talk to me. I didn't listen to her. And I woke up in the morning, I'm going to be like, good morning, honey, how are you doing? It's great to see you. You know, if we could go down, we're going to eat breakfast right now. And then I'm going to go to work. I'm going to head off to work. I've got to work on some things and work on some projects. And then I'll come back and be like, hey, Shauna, how are you doing? If you could have supper right here, I'm going to eat supper. And after supper, I'm going to take a shower. And after supper, I'm going to say, good night, Shauna. All right, great talking to you. I'm going to be going to bed. And I wake up, good morning, Shauna, how are you doing? And just continue the process. What kind of relationship would that be? Not much of one. And I hope there's no one in here going, that's my relationship with my wife. <laughs> But you know what? That's how, often, that's how so often we, our relationship with God is. We do all the talking. And we don't let Him talk to us. And so Whitestone, let's be willing to admit and realize that God desires to be with us. He desires to talk to us. He desires to engage with us just as much as He did the biblical characters we read about. And that will ultimately help us in developing this conversational relationship with God. Okay, so the question is, how does God speak to us? Well, the answer to that is that God can and God will use any means He wants to to communicate to you, to get through to you. He just will. He has used angels. He has used dreams. He has used visions. He's used audible voices. He's used, you know, um, phenomenal activity like fire on a bush. Um, he, he's used human voices. He uses the still small voice. He uses thoughts. You name it, he can use anything. He even used a donkey once 
to get through to someone. The story of Balaam. He will use anything he wants to. He wants you to listen. But what I've noticed in my own personal walk with God and in many walks of others, what I've noticed is that God, that He usually, usually doesn't run you over to get you to listen to Him. What I've noticed with God is that He desires to be sought after. He wants to be wanted. He wants to be found. But to find Him, you have to what? You have to search. Jeremiah says, you will seek me and you will find me when and only when you seek me with what? All your heart. Hebrews tells us, and we know this verse, that He rewards those who earnestly seek after Him. Now, I say that because I believe that to hear God's voice, there's an element to seeking Him that's involved. When I seek for it, for, for something, I look everywhere for it. Uh, when you've you got something missing in the household, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. You will start in one corner of the house and you will look through everything and there is nothing that's off limits. How many of you guys have looked in the trash for something before? Yeah, I mean, if you're fortunate, you have a glove. If not, you're like... <laughs> and what's most discouraging is when you get to the bottom of it and you don't find it. And you're like, oh, why did I do that? But that's what you call earnestly seeking for something. And when we seek God earnestly, prepared to go out of our way to examine anything and everything that might be His advances towards us, simple things like a sunset or a butterfly or a flower or even more obvious things like Bible verses or even our own thoughts, that is when He promises to be found. But, and listen to this, but the only way we will be able to seek Him like that is if we believe that He will speak to us. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you don't believe He'll speak to you, then you won't search for it. But if you do believe He will speak to you, you will. We must seek Him knowing and believing that He can be and He wants to be found. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing that is imperative in hearing from God is living with the essential truth that God is always with us. God is always with us. Now, I realize that is, that is such an elementary truth, and you're probably like, Luke, I already know that. That's not that big a deal. Guys, the honest truth of this, this statement right here, this discipline of always practicing the presence of God is going to be a discipline that will be applied in every single one of the things we talk about on, on, on our Sundays from here on out. I realize it is an elementary truth, and all of us know it. But let me ask you the question, how many of us believe it? Because remember, what is the definition of believe? To act as if it were true. And so if we believe that God was always with us, then how would we live? I'll tell you what, we'd live completely different than most of us do. How many of us live with a constant reality that God is with us? 
I'll tell you what, not many of us. And if we do, it's only for brief periods of time. We rarely continue all day with the reality that God is with us always before us. Because if we did, we would act so much different. We would talk so much different. We would think so much different. We would be so much different. We would live always looking for what He's doing, always listening to what He might be saying, and paying attention to everything that He might be speaking to us. But we have to always have His presence always before us. I remember I told you a couple weeks ago I was up on the mountains of Arizona. And when I got there, that was the main point as I wanted to practice the presence of God. So I literally would walk with Him and talk with Him. And every morning I'd get up and say, all right, God, what do you want me to do today? And I would, I would try to listen to what He'd tell me and I'd lay out the agenda. And the very first day, I felt like He said, I want you to go up the mountain behind you and climb halfway up and I want you to spend some time with me there. So I got up there and I got to the middle part of the mountain. I found like he says, all right, I want you to sit in that one spot. And so I sat down and I looked out over the mountainscape right now. There's a picture coming up here of just this beautiful, you know, mountain range right in front of me. And I was just soaking it up. And I'm like, God, this is so beautiful. You made this. This is amazing. And I'm soaking up the hugeness of it. A little while later, I felt like he said, Luke, now I want you to get up and I want to show you something else that's really, really cool. And so I'm thinking, what else could be cooler than that? I mean, this huge mountain range. And so I'm climbing a mountain and I'm expecting this, you know, is it going to be a mountain lion wanting to shake my hand or something? I didn't know what this is going to be. And I'm walking up a little further and I felt like he said, stop, I want you to look down. And I looked down and here was this little, tiny little yellow flower just growing out from under a rock. And I look a little further and here's a little red flower growing out from a rock and another looked like a little tiny daisy and I don't know if you can tell but I took all these pictures and put them in kind of this frame here it's kind of you can't see anything here but it was like God's little beauties just growing up and they're hardly seen and I felt like God says Luke if you're always paying attention to me and you're always listening to me I'm going to show you the big things and I'm going to show you the little things and they're all beautiful but you got to pay attention. Guys, when we're aware that God is always with us, our ears will always be attentive to Him. It would be like if you walked with somebody, if somebody was with you 24-7. If you walked with them, you drove in the car with them, you sat down in the chair next to them, you'd always be knowing that they could talk to you at any time and you need to listen. You could talk to them and they're going to listen. That's what living a life with God is. And the discipline of practicing His presence, practicing the presence of God, it doesn't come overnight. It's not like we go, yeah, I want to do that, and we wake up the next day and it's like we know He's with us all day long. No, it's developed, it's practiced, and we train to get better and better at it. I found that while I was on the mountain, I did a far better job of practicing His presence than when I came home. But that's why I go on the mountain so that I can train so that I can bring it back with me to when I do get home. All you're simply doing is training to live out in the physical world what is the reality in the unseen world. But we've got to train. Now, as we have said, never put God in a box. He can speak however He wants to to us. But I will say this. It appears to me that thoughts... Divine thoughts, His Spirit speaking to our spirit is by far the most common way God speaks to mankind. 
He will impress on our spirit what He wants us to know. And as we allow our heart and our spirit to be open to the Holy Spirit, we're able to hear Him speak. Whatever words He needs us to hear. And so if that's true, part of training to hear from God is we must train to quiet ourselves. Now, I I say that and many of us would just go, yeah, okay. But the reality is, guys, this is a discipline we must train for because let's face it, our lives are noisy. And the truth is, we will not be able to hear Him above the racket that's caused by the busyness of our lives. Yesterday I was working in the house and my wife was, was cleaning and I had some, my earphones on. I was listening to some podcast or whatever. And I heard above my podcast, I heard, Luke. So I peeked around the corner and she's like, yeah. So I'm like, what? And she's like, I'm like, what? She's so I pull them up. I'm like, what? I'm sorry, I just still didn't hear you. And so she said it, and I finally heard it. And it, and it dawned on me, you know, because I was thinking about the sermon, like that's how our lives so often are with God. We have our earphones on. And we can't, we can't hear Him speak to us because that's already, even if we lift one up, we, we can't hear what He's saying. We can't hear God over the noise in our life. And, and you know what's crazy? I don't know if you've experienced this, but we get so used to the noise that we can't handle the silence. You ever have that? Like, for how many of you guys ever sleep with a fan? Isn't that the sweetest daddy thing in the world? Those of you who don't sleep with a fan, you're missing out on sleep because it is awesome. It is awesome until you go camping. And when you don't have a fan and it's deathly quiet and you're sitting there just like. And every once in a while you hear a little chirp, chirp. You know? We can't get used to the silence. And I think that's how it is with, with our lives, with, with hearing from God. Sometimes we're so used to the noise that when it is quiet, we can't even think. I remember when I got to the mountain the very first day, I, I, it was tough for me because I'm so used to the noise. I couldn't pick up my phone. I couldn't call somebody. I couldn't listen to a podcast. I couldn't listen to the radio. I couldn't listen to anything. But when we've learned to quiet our hearts and our minds and we get good at it, we can then re-enter into the craziness of life around us and still remain quiet on the inside. You know, you want to find someone who's really good at that? Look at Jesus. Jesus would often go off to places of solitude and He would quiet His Spirit and He would commune with His, His Father and He'd commune with the Spirit but then he would come back into the craziness of life, but he would still keep the quietness in his heart. And he was able to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit speaking to him. He was able to be sensitive to the guidance and instruction that the Spirit was giving him, and he would follow it. He was very good at that. But he did pull away often, it says in Scripture, to places of solitude to develop it. And so tell me, Whitestone, if Jesus found it necessary to do that, don't you think it's important that we do that? Absolutely. We must learn to quiet ourselves. Because once our heart and spirit is quiet and calmed, and at a point of communing with the Holy Spirit, we can finally hear His voice. The next thing we need to train for is being able to distinguish between God's voice and the enemy's voice. 
John 10, 27 says this. Jesus is speaking. He says, My sheep, they listen to my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. You know, voice recognition is so important. Isn't it amazing how we can know who's talking to us simply by hearing someone's voice? How many of you guys lived in a time frame where we didn't have caller ID? Anybody? I mean, most of you kids are like, what? But there was a time, it was funny, I don't know if you guys, I'm, this is way off topic here and I don't have time to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. You know on your cell phone where like you call somebody and it shows a phone sitting there like that? You know, it shows that little old phone that you'd hold? I think it was my son, he goes, what is that? I'm like, seriously? Anyways, you know those, those times when we'd had phones and, and there was no caller ID, it would just ring and you'd pick it up and you'd go, hello, and somebody would go, hey, Tom, how are you? And you'd instantly recognize who it was. You'd go, hey, Johnny, what's up, brother, how you doing? And you'd recognize because it was voice recognition, you could recognize it. Well, guys, the same is true of God's voice. However, we don't recognize it with our ears, we recognize it with our hearts, we recognize God speaking to us more by what He says than how He says it. Now, I'm going to be as straightforward as I can right now because we need to hear this, but here is where we must be very careful as we move forward. Because we can have some devastating consequences if we are not careful. Our enemy, at every turn, is trying to inject his ideas into our thoughts. Here's the truth, guys. Yes, God does speak to us, but whether we like it or not, the enemy is speaking to us as well. He's trying to get his words into us as well. And he'll be trying every moment to get you to, to, to listen to his evil worldly thoughts rather than the thoughts of God. Therefore, we must always, and I cannot emphasize the word always enough here, we must always take every thought captive. Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive how many thoughts? Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If you look at the context of this passage, it's all about battle against the evil spiritual realm. And so if we have to you know, demolish these, these things that are setting up against the, you know, the idea of God and we have to take every thought captive, where do you think these thoughts are coming from? The enemy. They're satanic in origin. Now, and like I said, not only does God speak to our thoughts, but Satan can and will speak to our, our thoughts. So guys, we must guard our mind and heart because the enemy is going to take every chance he can to whisper his lies to us. And so speaking about that, there are some safeguards that we can put into place that we need to know to make sure that we aren't falling prey to the enemy's voice. And one safeguard is to simply weigh up what you hear and then see what it would produce. Okay, does that make sense? Because if, if you weigh up what you hear and think, okay, if I were to do this, what would, what would it produce? And this can really reveal the source of the message. It can, it can tell you, because what it does is it will reveal the character of who it is that's giving you the message. And if we can see the character, we'll see who it is. For instance, if you look at this, this uh, kind of list behind me, you can see Satan's character there. He has all these things. He's an accuser. He's an adversary. He's a liar, destroyer, condemner, thief, murderer, tempter. 
The Holy Spirit's character is he's an edifier. He builds up. He's a comforter, truth teller, creator, divine lover, healer, giver of life, and empowerer. Now, many times you'll be able to tell where the source of the revelation comes from when you hold it up to this list. For instance, I had a couple in my office and they wanted me to, to perform their, their marriage. And they, were, they were kind of talking about in the future, we, we want to do this. And they, they were explaining to me that, listen, technically right now we're still married, but we're both going to be getting divorces, but we're, we want to get married. We want to know if you would do the wedding. And so I asked them, I says, well, tell me your story. What, what's going on? And they said, well, we met at work. And, you know, we both were kind of having problems in our marriage, but we met at work, and it was like love at first sight. And we began to realize that God had orchestrated the meeting of our, you know, so that we could just come together. And God was behind us. And, and we were really, we were praying together and we were saying, God, what should we do? And very clearly, God says, you guys should get married. And so we just want to know if you would perform the marriage. And I said, guys, I just want to check you on that for a second. Because I don't believe that God would tell you guys to get married. And here's why. If we look at the source, and I want you to do this right now, look at the source there. Who do you think that was coming from? And what word would it be? Destroyer. If they were to get divorced and get married and listen to whatever they thought they heard, they would be destroying marriages. They'd be destroying families. They'd be destroying kids' lives. And then they would get married and get destroyed. And the destruction would just go on and on and on. Why? Because they listened to the voice of the destroyer. And if they could just sit back and, and at some point go, okay, if we did this, what would happen? Who do you think this is coming from? Now, sadly to say, they ignored my advice and they went ahead and did it. And a lot of destruction, you know, happened. But that's what we can do. We can hold it up. It's a safeguard. Another safeguard is to always hold it up to the written Word of God. The spoken Word of God will always agree with the written Word of God. It will never disagree. So anytime you, you hear something that you think might be from God, always hold it up to Scripture. This is an absolute must. I, I had one guy come to me and he was sick of his wife. He was just tired of it and he wanted to get divorced. He says, Luke, I, I feel like God is telling me I need to get a divorce. I need to just get away from this negativity. And I says, well, have you held that up to the Word of God? He's like, what do you mean? I says, well, God hates divorce. And I'm not saying that divorce can't ever happen, but God hates divorce. And just because you're not getting along with your wife, I don't think that God's saying, oh yeah, you, you run from your marriage. Another person came to me and, he's, and he was, I don't know how we got in a conversation, but he says, yeah, I was doing my taxes and, and I, I, was, I was, came to a spot where I needed to report something, you know, this side cash I was making and I need to report it. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, should I report this or not? And the Lord very clearly told me, no, don't report it. <laughs> and with the extra money, give it to the church. And so Luke, I'm giving it to the church. And I'm like, ah. You know, Scripture says we need to be honest. Scripture says we need to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And so I don't think that was, that was God. You know, we need to be able to filter it through, through Scripture. 
Another safeguard is to have someone who is your spiritual overseer weigh up what you've heard. Remember, we've talked about how we're to do life in community. This is a great opportunity to do that. Someone who knows the Word of God well and has a deep relationship with God and who is truthful and honest with you and tell you not what you just want to hear, but what you need to hear. I've had many men in my life who have done that for me. And I praise God for them because who knows where I'd be. Now, we don't have time to get deep into this, but another very important truth is that we must train our minds to focus on what is good. And there's a reason for it, but first I want to read this Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or, or praiseworthy, what are we supposed to do? Think about such things. So tell me, what is our mind supposed to be focused on? These kind of things. Because here's the deal, guys. Another voice that speaks often to us is our mind. And if we allow our mind to be filled with junk, the enemy can use that to distract us from the voice of God. You know, last week I talked about being open and vulnerable. Here we go. I can struggle very easily with getting caught up in movies. I mean, I can get addicted to movies like that. I just love watching movies. And this wonderful invention called Netflix has come into being. And Netflix, you can watch an entire season of a TV show without having stinking commercials, and you don't have to wait next week for it. You can just sit down and watch the next and next one. And if, you, you know, if you've looked at Netflix, the, the show will end, and it'll go, the next show starts in five, four. Three, two, one. And before you can click off, it's the next one starts, and you're like, well, I mean, I could, I'll, watch an, I'll watch another one. And you get sucked into watching all these shows. Well, I, was, I started into this one series, and guys, I'll be honest with you, I, sh- I should have known better from the beginning. But everybody told, me, everybody told me it was just this awesome show, and so I started watching it, and it was downright evil. I mean, I was hearing cussing and swearing and there was um, adultery happening left and right and and it was just wicked and I found myself getting caught up into the storyline to where I was cheering for someone who was doing something wrong and I'm like I hope they get away with it and and I, I would go to bed thinking about it I would sleep I'd sometimes dream about it I'd wake up the next day and I'd be thinking about it. I'd be at work you know in my office you know thinking about well you know I wonder what's going to happen next And my mind was constantly dwelling on this. And and I hate to say this, but here's what my mind was doing. It was meditating on it. Tell me, what am I supposed to be meditating on? Well, Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. That's what I should be meditating on. Not this stupid movie stuff. And the Spirit of God said, look, you've got to walk away from this. And I had to break away. And guys, it's always a temptation there for me. If we keep filling our minds with junk and evil and wickedness, it will affect our thoughts. There's just no way you can get around that. 
So we, need, we must keep our thoughts guarded and clean, and this is going to help us hear from God more clearly and distinguish His voice apart from our, from, from our mind and apart from the enemy. Because if our mind is filled with junk, all the enemy has to say is like, well, what about this? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's probably true. Because I've been paying attention to this. Keep, your, keep guarding your mind. Protect what you allow into it. Because it will taint it. And guys, that's, there's no time that's harder to do that than in the age we live in right now. Lastly, one very powerful way to train to hear the voice of God is to simply go on walks with Him. Now, I realize you're probably like, what? It's kind of crazy. But think about it. We often call our Christian life our what? Walk with God. So if we call it our walk with God, why wouldn't we go on walks with God? You know, it, this is a just, you know, I, I share this because this is something that I do, but there, I think we need to practice going on walks with God. You know, there's a hymn that we've often sing. I think Kirk has, has had us sing it here, but many of you guys would recognize it, but the chorus goes something like this. It goes, and he walks with me and he talks with me. I'm not going to sing the whole thing for you. But I love that. Because that's the truth. He walks with us. He talks with us. Life really is one big walk with God. Amen? It is. And if that's the truth, then why wouldn't we go on walks with God? But if we don't acknowledge our life like that, we won't live like that. And so I believe that a simple way of training our, our minds to think like that is to just simply go on walks with God. Very often, I will simply go on a walk with God, just me and Him. Where just He and I will go walking together and I will ask Him questions and, and I will listen to what He has to say. And those have been some of the most precious times that I've ever had with God. And the beauty about it is, is when I get done with my walk, it's not like, alright God, we'll catch you later. No, He comes right into the house with me and we do life together. You know, sometimes, by the way, guys, if you ever want to go walking, you don't have a real place to do that. The church property there has a beautiful spot where you can just walk laps in, in the trees there. It's awesome. And some nights I will come here and I will walk a lap with my Heavenly Father. And I'll just talk to Him. And then I'll walk another lap with, with Jesus, my brother, my King, my Savior. Then I'll walk another lap with my, my Holy Spirit, you know, my comforter, my, my empowerer, my guide. And I'll just talk to them individually and hear from them. And it's precious. So guys, train with these things. And you're going to get better and better at hearing the voice of God. Now, something else very quickly this morning. I want to make some additional points. And guys, I, there, I, there's so much I could say about this and I don't have the time to do that, but we only have one week to, to really address this. But first, in this journey of training to hear from God, you're going to get it wrong sometimes. Be prepared for that. In fact, you, you'll probably get it wrong a lot of times. So, that being the case, please don't walk around acting like you're some oracle or prophet from God telling everyone, thus saith the Lord. If you feel like you've heard from God, and if you feel like He wants you to tell someone about it, which you better make sure He does. 
But if you feel like he does, then you need to humbly and honestly approach that person and say this, you know what? I may be way off. And I may have not got this right, but I think I might have heard from God. And here's what I, I think I heard. And I'm just going to give it to you, and you can do whatever you want with it. You take it to the Spirit of God, and you do what He wants to do with it. But I've gotten it off my chest, and it's over for me. Don't sit there and go, so what would you do with the Word of God I gave you the other week? Have you done it? No. Don't do that. I'm not going to put up with that going on at Whitestone. I'm not going to put up with someone coming up to somebody else and say, God told me to tell you that you need to do such and such. We're not going to allow anyone to railroad someone by claiming they've heard from God, okay? We must be gentle and humble and realize we may have got it wrong. Second, and I'll tell you this, in my very limited experience of hearing from God, what I have found is that when God speaks to me, it's usually very simple. Very simple and very easy to understand. Now, it might be because I'm pretty simple. I'm not the brightest dude in the, the drawer. But God doesn't usually get all that complicated with me when I do hear His voice. And what I mean by that is think about it. God made you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And so He knows how to speak to you. And, and He'll speak to you in such a way that it will have the most impact. And, and I've also found that when He speaks, He usually speaks everyday English to me. He doesn't use King James English. I know you laugh at that, but I've had people come to me and say, Luke, I think God spoke to me. Oh, really? What do you think He heard? And they'll say stuff like, well, I felt like He said, hearken unto my voice, lest ye travail in deepest woes and darkness. I'm like, what? God doesn't usually speak in King James. He's going to speak to you how you're going to understand it. Thirdly, I also want to say this, and everybody please listen to me on, on this. Just because you hear from God does not mean you're some awesome man or awesome woman of God. It doesn't mean that you're something incredibly special just because you've heard from God. Nothing drives me more nuts than people who try to act like they're something so amazing because they hear from God. And in the Bible studies, you're going to have these people going, well, last night in my time with God, God told me this. And they're trying to convey that God speaks to them. And it's like, whoa, we should be just so enthralled with that. So what? So what if you've heard from God? The truth is we all should be hearing from God. The question I want to ask them is, what are you doing about it? Are you obeying Him? Because that's what's important. So don't go strutting around feeling like you're the Pope because you heard God speak to you. Simply humble yourself and obey Him. And realize that the truth is, that's how you were created to hear from Him. And that goes for all of us, guys. Now I want to close with this, and I wish I could keep going because there's so much more to say, but if you notice, I've been using the word train and training when talking about listening to the voice of God. And that's on purpose. Because guys, we don't just try to do this. We train to do this. And there's a big difference. We train 
to practice His constant presence with us. We train to recognize His voice. We train to constantly be dwelling on what is good. We train to walk with Him. We train. And here's why. And I want to be very clear here. Please understand me. I do not want us to to treat this hearing from God thing as something we do for only 20 to 30 minutes a week. Like, hey, tonight I'm going to go you know, have my hearing from God time. No. Guys, here's the deal. This is a lifestyle. It is a life of faith. We should be living like this all the time. But I'll tell you, if we haven't ever lived like this, it's not going to be easy at first. It's not going to be natural. So that's why we train. We train so that it will become natural because this is supposed to be a 24-7 kind of life. A life of faith is every day, every moment. Not just 30 minutes in the morning or in the evening during our devotions or our quiet time. So, I encourage you with this because we train. We need to incorporate times, plan for times to train in your everyday life so that it will become completely natural in your everyday life. And as I said last week, guys, here's the deal. If you don't plan to train, nobody else will do it for you. This is what we must do. If we intend on living out a life of faith, of interacting with our unseen God, we must hear from Him. And so let's begin by training to always keep our ears, our hearts attentive to Him so that when He does speak, we hear our Master and we can do what He tells us to do. Amen? Here's your homework for this week. I know it seems a little weird and some of you guys may have never done this before and it's like, oh, Luke, making us do freaky things. But I want you to go on a 15 to 30 minute walk with your Heavenly Father with your dad, with the dad who created you. And I want you to practice his presence the entire walk. Do whatever it takes to help you do that. Because I guarantee you, you're going to be walking, you're going to get 10 yards, and you're going to see a squirrel and be like, hey, look at a little squirrel. <laughs> Hunting season is coming in two weeks, and I could be shooting that thing right now. And, da, 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 da. and you're going to get distracted, and you're going to forget that you're walking with God. So practice all the walk that you're walking with Him. I encourage you to speak out loud. Now here's why it works for me. I think there's power in the spoken word, but when I speak out loud and I'm in a conversation with Him, it keeps me focused. If I just speak silently, next thing you know, I'm off thinking about a grocery list. But when I speak out loud, it keeps me focused that He's with me and I'm in a conversation with Him. And then listen to Him. Listen to what He has to say. And I encourage you when you get home, immediately journal what He told you. Okay? Journal what you felt like you heard. This is all part of training. Practicing so that we can attune our ears and our hearts to the voice of God. Amen? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for my second service. I thank You for these men and women and these boys and girls who are in this room. God, You created them. You knit them together in their mother's womb. And You made them with the ability to hear from you, to be in a relationship with you. And God, we live so often this life alone. Yeah, time to time we might acknowledge that you're with us, but we live as if we're alone. We live as if we can't talk to you and we can't hear from you. 
So God, I pray that you would change that in our midst and that we might become a group of people who hear from you regularly, but not just hear, but we do what you tell us to do, tell us to say. And God, I pray that you would anoint this fall series and that we might begin to live and walk in lives of faith and that you might use us to impact the world around us. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Guys, if anybody would like to be prayed for, Mark and Linda would love to do that with you and just to lift you up to our Father. Um, otherwise, know this, I love you so very much. God loves us so much more, and so let's live like that, okay? See you next Sunday.